It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to an early edition of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We are with you until 9 o'clock and back with you at 9 o'clock for the uh, Fighting Illini game day here on News Talk 1400, WDWS, 93.9 FM. Lauren Tate in the house as well. We do have the phone lines open, 217-356-9397 is the number. If you'd like to uh, join us and talk some Illinois basketball, whatever else might be on your mind, and some... uh, not so good news to start the day. Terrence Shannon, uh, not expected to play in the ball game. He's in concussion uh, protocol. Not sure when that happened, if it happened in the game at Penn State. or It sounded like it happened during the game, and they didn't find out about it until later, apparently. And uh, certainly we didn't know about it during the day yesterday when we had the press conference with uh, Underwood. But uh, late last night it turned out that uh, he'd been pulled from the game. So Indiana is a six-point favorite in that ball game. The Illini trying to not lose two straight for the first time this season, coming off that uh, disappointing loss at uh, Happy Valley earlier in the week. And the Big Ten has turned into a mumble-jumble here, hasn't it? Yeah, and they're going to need a lot of good play from Melendez and Rogers today, I would think, at that position, since Shannon won't be there. And one thing you lose is is the ability to get some free throws, because he does drive to the hoop and leads the conference in number of free throws attempted. And He's done a good job in that regard, and and they're going to miss him. It'll be a tough one to win today. Illinois at number 14, Indiana, 11 o'clock tip, also on the Big Ten schedule today. Rutgers at Wisconsin, Michigan State at Michigan, Penn State at Minnesota. Both those uh, last two games coming up tonight, and uh, three more games on the Big Ten schedule tomorrow. So a lot going on in what is turning into an interesting Big Ten I guess we could call it a race, but certainly a uh, an effort to get seeding lined up for the Big Ten tournament. Well, that's right. And, and the top four, of course, get that double bye. And that's, that's the key. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a tough for a road for Illinois if they don't win today because they'd be all the way back, you know, one game over 500 if you, there are two games going in. Right. They're eight and six going in. And uh, Indiana is nine and six, so they could move ahead of Indiana with a, mm-hmm. with a win. Yeah. But uh, Northwestern is the surprise story of the Big Ten, certainly at this point, and Northwestern's in a position to, to grab one of those top four seeds. Yeah, it, uh, I think it's just a crazy Big Ten season, and Northwestern has uh, certainly taken advantage of some really close games and pulled them out. And, you know, uh, the thing about Indiana is the key to Indiana, clearly, is stopping uh, Trace Jackson from scoring repeatedly inside, and and the last game I think he had about thirty eight, and uh, or was it thirty five? Thirty five. Okay, mm-hmm. I knew it was up there somewhere. And Illinois has just didn't have any way of they didn't try to double team him very much, and therefore he uh, he kind of ran wild. And Illinois has had this uh, has had players do that 
to them this season. Kind of guys having their best game of the year against Illinois, which I think has played pretty good defense, with the exception, I would say, of, of that Indiana game in the Big Ten. That wasn't that wasn't a good defensive performance by Illinois, and 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 the game against Penn State, the most recent game. I don't want to say the defense was that bad. Everybody's saying the defense is that bad. I don't know what you do. They're going to get a shot when they come down. If they make them all, I don't know what you do. Brad Underwood said yesterday after looking back at it, he said, you know what, I don't think we played that badly. They just, look, you're going to have to make teams shoot as difficult a shot as you can, but they're always going to get a shot unless they throw it away. And in this case, it just made everything. I saw in that second half they – on twos, they shot over 70%, and they didn't get that many layups. In the first half of that game, they made 19 out of 31, Steve. And of the 19 baskets, 15 of them were beyond, you know, were, were uh, non-layups, non-dunks, and non-goaltends. I mean, they were, uh, uh, 10 of them were, <laughs> were three-pointers. I mean, how do you, you can't stop teams from shooting three-pointers. No yeah. matter what you do, they're going to get it off. And they only made two three-pointers in the second half. Yeah, but you get that lead and then, you know, that, uh, right. you, they Illinois just couldn't cut into it. Looked like they were going to put up uh, 100 points and uh, yeah. if they'd have kept that three-point pace in the second half, they would have done that. But that game's over. Now you look ahead uh, to uh, not an easy task today. Indiana has lost only one time at Assembly Hall this season, and that was Northwestern. Yep. Who beat Indiana twice? Yeah, they, they swept them. They did. They beat them by one and two. I think it's uh, what the uh, differential in those two uh, ball games. Interesting the thing: a Miller Cop came from Northwestern to yeah. Indiana, and uh, and Northwestern beat him anyway. Yep, he got uh, he got some boo birds the other night when he played up at Evanston. But Purdue is at twelve and four, Northwestern ten and five, then Indiana. And Maryland at nine and six. We're not talking about Maryland, you know. That they've really played well lately. Oh, yeah, they're going to be hard to hold. They uh, after they beat Illinois, they kind of went on a little bit of a skid. But uh, Brad Underwood said everybody in the Big Ten has had their time. Absolutely, had their down downward trend. And yep. Illinois, uh, Illinois has had its, but so far they've not lost two in a row. Yeah, and I, I think when we started the season, we had no idea. I think we assumed that Michigan and Ohio State were going to be contenders, and they're not. I mean, Ohio State's fallen on really hard times. If you carry it out, there's a there's an app that uh, or a website that you can look at the uh, Big Ten schedule, look at the standings, punch in who you think is going to win the remaining games, and if you do it with Illinois in mind. Win here, loss here, all that. Right now, Illinois would be the eighth seed in the Big Ten tournament at finishing at 12-8. and eight. Problem with that is that's not a bad record, but you don't have the tiebreaker against a handful of teams. You know, uh, I have – it's just me, but I've got the least concern about the Big Ten tournament that you could have. I don't care. Right. I mean, if you play three, if you play three games in the Big Ten tournament, that's just going to hurt you going into the NCAA. I think. I mean, and, and the first guy to tell you that would be Izzo, and I think Underwood feels the same way. Although you go out and you try to win games, and yet if you don't, you don't worry about it. The main thing right now is to get in the NCAA tournament, and if you are, no matter where you are. There, there, you, you could lose or win against any team. That's right. <laughs> I looked at the, the the bottom ten teams in the top twenty five. And I thought, this was before Shannon was hurt, and I thought this yesterday, that if Illinois played those 10 teams, the, the bottom 10 in the top 25, it'd be a toss-up game. 
I mean, Illinois is not in the top 25, but nevertheless, on a neutral court, I don't think they'd be an underdog against any of them. Illinois could be the eighth seed in the Big Ten tournament and the sixth seed in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> well, they could, yes. And, you know, the bad thing about that uh, eight seed or eight or oh, nine. Oh, yeah. You know who's coming next yeah. after you second after you team, lose. Second game will be against the number one. And that's going to be Purdue. I don't think anybody's going to catch it. If Purdue wins their home games, I think they have three home games left. Nobody could catch them except Northwestern, and they would have to win out. Mm-hmm. That's probably not likely either. So Purdue's in a bit of a mini slump right now, but it's not going to cost them the regular season title, I don't think. Well, I don't think so either, but I would say this, that, Steve, you got two teams, Indiana, which Illinois plays today, and Purdue, that are dependent, that the games are dependent on your ability to defend the post and probably if you don't double-team, you can't win. And Illinois is going to have to double-team some today because, they, first of all, if you leave Danger alone with Trace Jackson Davis, he's going to draw fouls. He's going to get you in foul trouble. You, you just have to double-team and hope that you can recover in time. The key is recovery. And North, I saw Northwestern do it, and they did a heck of a job of, uh, against, uh, against Edie doing that. And, you know, Edie has been a good passer and getting the ball out, but he wasn't during stages of that game. Jackson Davis still got his. He still had a double-double in that game, but key was they were able to hold him enough to where somebody else didn't, didn't beat him, and well, they won the game. you know, they were lucky in the sense that in the Indiana, in the Northwestern Indiana game, which is entirely different from the Northwestern Purdue game where they won them both, but uh, – the difference was that the freshman didn't shoot that well. I mean, Lawyer didn't shoot that well. Right. Earlier in this season, Lawyer was a big asset for them. And he's a freshman, and he's kind of hit a he's hit a wall a little bit here in terms of his shooting. And if you if you analyze the, the Purdue team, they don't have great players other than the, the, all the players are better because they're on the same team with Edie because. There's a, usually when they double team him, somebody's open. And if I can shoot a, a wide open three, that's a lot different than than, than the way Illinois tried to play him was uh, play Indiana was to simply go one on one with uh, uh, Trace Jackson Davis and then try to stop everybody else. And he, as Underwood says, they, they maybe we didn't think they could beat us with twos. Well, they did. <laughs> it's kind of a pick your poison kind of thing when you. Uh, yeah. Double team somebody like that. That game at 11 o'clock. You can hear it all right here. Our pregame coverage begins right after this early edition of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. If you're just uh, getting up and tuning in and hadn't heard, Terrence Shannon will not play today for Illinois. Brian Barnhart told me a few minutes ago that it looks like um, Melendez will get the uh, starting position there, although RJ hasn't been uh, seeing a lot of minutes as of late. But you got to put somebody in there, and now maybe it's time for RJ to step up a bit, and we'll probably see more of Lou Goody as well, and certainly Ty Rogers, who has been playing very well. Illini women's basketball tomorrow against Penn State at 2 o'clock. Teresa Grintz is in town. She'll be honored there. The Illinois baseball team, Lauren, opened with a win yesterday, 9-6 to over Youngstown State down in Winston-Salem. They'll play two games today. Yep. And got a nice uh, starting pitching 
uh, output there in that ball game. Yeah, uh, they they had one bad inning and then they recovered from that. And, and the game was they led six to nothing. It was tied six to six, and then they finished. They got the last three runs. They had had a couple home runs in the game, and and uh, it was a good start. Illinois softball wins in Atlanta. They played Louisville. Six to one was the uh, final there. They'll play Louisville and Wake Forest today. Sad to see the news earlier this week of Neil Stoner's passing out in uh, California. Yeah, yep. we we kind of felt like that uh, was imminent. But, yeah, I, uh, I I talked to Mike Hatfield last night, who was you know who came here. By the way, he told me something last night I didn't know. Did you know that he was at Fullerton for a short time? I think I did know that. <laughs> and anyway, he came in real early, and and uh, and he said that. Here's the thing, Steve. In in 1979 to 80, 79, 80 season, the University of Illinois Athletic Association, which it was at that time, had a four million dollar budget. Four million. Now, during the eight years that uh, that Underwood that uh, Stoner was here, it went all the way up to fourteen million. It's now one hundred and thirty million. <laughs> I I mean, just consider how much this thing has grown. You, you've got specialists doing everything, whereas in those days you had one guy doing a whole lot of things, and it all changed, and they've got and they've grown and grown and grown. But uh, he made during that period when the '80s belonged to the Illini, he made everything. He made he had everybody in in a good mood. The, the culture was great. They were rolling. Uh, you know, they were success. In 1983, 84, they won basketball and football. Uh, both champ- Big Ten championships won nine in a row in, in football in the Big Ten, which no team has ever done. And uh, I mean nine and zero. Oh, in, in fact, they beat every t- other yes. team in the Big Ten that year because there were only ten. And uh, you know they had the Mike White thing going strong. He had the tailgate going strong. He had everything, and then he just fouled it up at the end. I mean, not that everything happened at the end, but they found out that he was taking advantage of some things and and uh, wound up being ousted. And so it, it it was just a shame because it, it Illinois had things going so well and, and everybody seemed and, and fa- we had what twenty eight consecutive sellouts in football and Steve that's when we could put on over seventy thousand every right. time yeah it's a little different and and Illinois since that time since the eighties has been steadily going down in attendance and now we're trying to hold in the thirty five to forty range now. But, uh, you know, you got to get that back up. That's back when the, there was a whole lot of shaking going on in the uh, press box and, and the stadium all over. Yeah, it's Those right. big crowds. 8.15 is the time. The um, state wrestling high school championships continue at the uh, State Farm Center. Went by there yesterday. The parking lot was full. Good crowd in there, it appeared. And a lot of good wrestling going on. And, and uh, Colin Likas and Joey Wright for the News Gazette are all over that. Check it out uh, in uh, today's edition. That uh, and the high school girls regional action and high school boys basketball too. Yeah, in, in that wrestling, it's amazing what's going on at 195 pounds. Uh, Nick Hostler uh, from Unity and Brody Cuppernell from St. Thomas More are meeting for the championship uh, today. And uh, in uh, 2A, you've got Muhammad Seymour also has a, a, a wrestler at 195 pounds, Mateo Casillas. So uh, uh, it's amazing that you'd have those that many people at, at that particular weight class. We are off and rolling. Phone line is open, 217-356-9397. An early edition of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We're back with more after this. Stay with us. 
Mike Mary and his team at the Pella Window and Door Store want to thank you for what's been an incredible year so far. Looking for the right window and door for your next project from replacement, remodeling, or new construction? Go see them now. If you got a project later this year or into 2022, now is the time to start the conversation. The Pella Window and Door Store, easy to find, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, or visit them online PellaofChampagne.com. It's Illinois women's basketball as they honor Teresa Grants. It's at 2 o'clock against Penn State at State Farm Center. Mike Kuhn has all the action coming up on Sunday. Welcome back to the show. Illini Fellas Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate on a bit early today because of the early start for Illinois basketball at Indiana against the Hoosiers at Assembly Hall. We're with you until 9, back with you at 9 o'clock on our pregame coverage as well. To talk more about the Indiana game, Jeff Rapjohns, who has been covering Indiana athletics for quite some time, is with us on the phone. Jeff, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm terrific. How are you? Good. What kind of a ball game do you look at, uh, look for today with both teams coming off a loss on the road? Yeah, well, I think obviously, you know, the big story is, uh, you know, Illinois being without Taryn Shannon. I think that's uh, that's the thing that jumps out the most. Um, you know, the leading scorer, 17 points per game, five rebounds, three assists per game. He's, he's so productive for Illinois. Um, so, and obviously in the last game that these two teams played, he, he went off for 26 points. So I think in, in looking to see from, from that point of view, it's like, okay, where does Brad Underwood go? Uh, does he really try to get uh, Matthew Meyer going? Um, does, does he try to go, you know, more with, with Colin Hawkins? Um, I, I don't know that you expect Dane Danger to outplay Trace Jackson Davis or, or, or try to win that matchup. So I'm really intrigued to see which players does Underwood look at and say, okay, these are the guys who can get us enough points to win a Big Ten road game. In that first game, Illinois elected not to double down on uh, Jackson Davis, uh, although it seems like other teams have with uh, varying degrees of success. Is that correct in your eye? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, although I think the, uh, you know, um, Illinois not doubling him, you know, uh, really allowed him to get going and get into a rhythm and not only, you know, have a 30-plus point game, but I think it allowed him to just feel comfortable. And what a lot of opposing coaches have done is, is – they, they basically, and some assistant coaches have told me straight up, look, you can't stop Trace, but what you can try to do is make him as uncomfortable as possible. And that that's what uh, Northwestern tried to do. They brought a very hard, very physical double team. Um, and they did, they did it in a really smart way. They did it to try to take away his left-handed passing as well, because Trace's passing has been really good, especially the last couple months. And in the first half, Trace only has two assists. And the second half, Indiana adjusts where they put Trace on the floor so he can pass with that, that left hand of his. And he goes out there and has six assists. So even though Indiana lost the game, Trace Jackson Davis ended up being the leading scorer, leading rebounder, and leading the game with, in assists with eight. So I think that the teams that can really disrupt him um, and, and take away the scoring and the passing are the teams that are going to have the best chance against Indiana. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Hood Shafino, a freshman. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I see where he's he's listed as the first round draft pick. Are you going to lose him after one year? 
Yeah, I, I, right now I would say I think it's most likely that he's a first-round NBA draft pick. And we started hearing a little bit about that um, early in the summer, early last summer, because after he finished uh, his career at Montverde Academy, you know, he was a starting point guard on a, on a high school national championship team for Montverde, one of the powerhouse prep programs down in Florida. Uh, he enrolled at IU, and then he spent some time out in uh, Los Angeles with some pro trainers, which is becoming a little more common these days. And uh, one of them called me after uh, after the workout and said, Abby, listen, this guy's got a real chance to be a draft pick. And I said, oh, I know. And he said, no, no, you're not listening to me. I mean, after this year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? And he said, yeah. And, you know, you look at his numbers, it's interesting. Since returning to the Indiana lineup against Kansas, which was December 17th, he's averaging 14.3 points, 4.1 assists, shooting 40.7% from three-point line uh, with 12 uh, double-figure scoring outputs during that time. So his production has really kicked up. Um, and the other thing that's interesting about him from the college perspective um, is that uh, he is third in the Big Ten in points scored off ball screens. Hmm. Um, and and that, that's one of the reasons why the two-man game with Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen hood uh, is, uh, is it has been so productive really basically since – Trace Jackson Davis is back, got better, and since Jalen Hutchino got back in the lineup, really since about January 1st. Well, again, we're running into this irony, I think, of uh, how the NBA views players. Trace Jackson Davis may be a second-round draft pick, and uh, Jalen Hutchino may be a first-round draft pick, and you know, and yet, uh, obviously, uh, Jackson Davis is the key to your team. I mean, he if if when he's on, I mean, Indiana is the best team in the league. I I think. Uh, I'm just looking for the future. Is uh, is uh, Javier is Javier Johnson? Is he going to be back next year after being injured? Uh, Xavier Johnson, I don't believe he can be back um, because he's played too many games. And, you mean eleven uh, games? I thought I thought if you're injured in the first half that uh, of the season that you could, that you could uh, use a medical redshirt. Yeah, um, it, it's now a percentage of games played. Um, so he, he's, he's aiming to come back as well. Um, so if he comes back and plays, then this will be his final year of college basketball. And right now he is hopeful oh. that he can return to the court. Oh, he, he's hopeful to come back this year then. Okay. I didn't understand yeah, yeah, that. He, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, he, he's aiming to come back in, in late February. Now, obviously, it's, it was a broken foot. It has to fully heal to the point you can play high-level basketball. It's not just like the three of us going out for a walk you know you got to be able to plant and cut and move and everything so we'll, we'll we'll see if he truly does come back but he is very hopeful that he can come back in late february in, if he comes back even if it's in a maybe a backup role now that certainly gives indiana another weapon to throw out there maybe come big 10 tournament time ncaa tournament time talking to jeff rab johns have you uh I know I haven't, but uh, you've been covering the Big Ten uh, quite a while as well. This year seems a little bit unusual to me with so many teams all bunched up and one team having another team's number. Penn State uh, certainly put a couple of beatdowns on Illinois and Northwestern beat Indiana twice. There's just a lot of strange things going on. Yeah, it is a really interesting year, and I think um, you know, I, I think you're seeing you know, Purdue sort of started to run away, uh, and, and they're still – um, in my eyes, I think Purdue is still the best team in the Big Ten. 
But, you know, they've had, you know, three losses here recently, so they're no longer just completely running away with it. But they're still the team you look at and say, okay, that's the that's the favorite. But then you have six, maybe seven teams that you look at and say, they're really similar, maybe not in how they play, but in the results. Um, and I think you're seeing things like with Penn State, you know, they hire a guy, Micah Shrewsbury, who learned under uh, Brad Stevens of Butler, Brad Stevens in the NBA, spent some time. Uh, with with Matt Painter, a guy who has a really good staff as far as uh, their ability to, to recruit players, maybe a good notch or two above what Penn State normally would recruit. And now, all of a sudden, you know they're capable of sweeping Illinois, which you know 20 years ago nobody would have if that would you know no chance of that happening. You know, in Northwestern, I think Chris Collins has done a really good job with his group. You know, they lost they lost guys over the last few years too. Indiana, Duke, and North Carolina, and here they are competing for an NCAA tournament bid, probably in a very good spot to get one right now, and they sweep Indiana. Um, he, he's done a really good job, I think, with, with his offense, running Zoom action with, you know, the ball at the top, and then getting Boo Booey and Chase Audis in different spots to either shoot or drive it, and uh, kind of stole it from, or not stole it, but it's similar to what Purdue ran when they had Carson Edwards, Ryan Klein, and that group. And he's sort of, you know, he's sort of embraced um, what, what what some people call tackle basketball, the grabbing and clutching and holding and stuff that, you know, Tom Izzo, you know, was, was very, very famous for, that, that Purdue has done over the years, that, that, that Rutgers plays incredibly well. You know, Northwestern is really physical. I mean, they basically decided they were going to foul Purdue's Zach Eady and foul Indiana's Trace Jackson Davis on every possession and to dare the officials to call all of them. And, you know, it worked for them. It worked for them. It's, it's that old thing. Coaches always say, it's only foul if they call it. <laughs> well, I, it's kind of noticeable that it really uh, well for them. it's kind of noticeable that Indiana has uh, scoring has kind of gone down. I mean, they've been in the 60s the last three games. Is it, is it, do you think that maybe your teams are starting to figure out a little better how to, how to play against them? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, and, and I think people are, are looking at Indiana, and I think they're, they're trying to be as physical as they can with Trace Jackson Davis. Um, and I think they're trying to sort of dare Indiana's, basically dare any anybody other than Trace Jackson Davis or Jalen Hutchipino to beat him. And, you know, when Miller Cop's not hitting, when Trey Galloway's not hitting, when Tamar Bates isn't hitting, uh, and Tamar's a good player, especially at home, but, you know, he's, he's won for his last 18 on the road. So I think the problem with Indiana from an offensive standpoint is trying to is finding a third or fourth option. Uh, but that's really the big thing for Indiana right now on the offensive side. You know, back to the uh, overall look at the Big Ten and the balance, if you will. Uh, I, what we haven't been able to decide is how good are these teams outside of the Big Ten and and the NCAA tournament kind of be looks like it's shaping up kind of the same way where there's not one or two overly dominant teams, but a lot of teams on any given night, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, this is one of those years where there's probably 20, 25 teams that you could look at and say, well, it's not going to be a huge surprise if they make the Final Four. Where most years, you probably got six, seven, eight, maybe ten teams that you would say are legit Final Four contenders. And this year, there's a whole bunch of them because there's really no great team. Um, they're really good teams, and you know what Alabama is doing is, is tremendous. Uh, I think Nate Oates' offense is something that a whole lot of people are going to look at and say, "Okay, 
how can we incorporate that? Because it's very productive. You know, Purdue with Zach Eady, if, if, if a team gets too consumed with defending Zach Eady and ignores the shooters, they can be really good teams. I mean, that's what happened to Duke and Gonzaga earlier in the year. They got consumed with Zach Eady and forgot uh, about the guards, about, about Fletcher Lawyer and all those guys. Um, but I think nationally, it's, it's, it's just really, really wide open. It's, you know, the, 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 again, a lot of good teams, but the, I don't know that there's a great bas- college basketball team out there this year, guys. Hey, Jeff, we appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, getting up early with us, and uh, it's always good to talk with you. My pleasure. You guys have a great week, and uh, we'll see you soon. Okay, yeah. Jeff. Jeff Rapjohns, who covers Indiana, with us this morning. It is 830. We'll take a time out, talk more about uh, this Illinois-Indiana basketball game. Phone line is open, 217-356-9397. On Illini Pella, Saturday Sports Talk. Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. You've got the home of Illinois football. News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. This is Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with you until 9 o'clock. And we're with you on Fighting Illini Game Day today as well. Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly here on DWS. Doug Altenberger is on the line with us from Bloomington. Good morning, Douglas. How are you? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. It's, uh, it's a beautiful morning. The sun's out. It's a little cool. Uh, but uh, a good day for a basketball game. Now, I'm going to quote somebody uh, that is very near and dear to all of us. Now, Doug, <laughs> we're going to need you to suit up today and yeah. fire up some of those three-pointers you like to shoot. <laughs> well, I always liked playing at Indiana. They had shooter rims. Uh, and then the, the uh, I don't know, fans probably can't give a good perspective, but behind the baskets uh, is just very, it's almost like a bleacher pullout, you know, like a high school. Yeah. So you get, you get good, you, it's actually, you know, sometimes you're playing those big, arenas uh, like Rupp or, or some of those, you know, if you play like in a Final Four or some of the NCAA venues, which are bigger, you know, you have the depth perception is a little bit different because, you know, the court's just sort of shoved in there. But Indiana, is, I always thought, was a great shooter's gym. When you and I were doing games for Raycom on television, we uh, did an Indiana game a time or two, and I think that was early in, in your career, and in our production meeting we talked about I said okay here's what I'm going to ask you first and then here's what I'm going to ask you second because you might not be able to hear me (laughs) for all the crowd there but it worked out okay didn't it well it's a big it's a big arena I mean uh you know some of the arenas of of, you know like Minnesota the barn you know they've they've lost thousands of seats they used to be a lot bigger you know uh, back in the 70s and then in the 80s they shrunk it a little bit but uh you know Assembly Hall our place our state farm center I should say uh, you know, is uh, lost a few seats when we put those suites in and stuff like that. But um, no, this place, uh, it uh, we're talking last night. Uh, it's it gets loud. Uh, the fans are very supportive. They've always been been a tough place. Uh, Brian Barnhart was asking me, you know, uh, how they do there, and I said, well, I never won at Indiana. Uh, came close a few times, but it's it's always a tough place to to get a W, and uh, they're. Indiana's playing really well right now. I mean, they, they came out of the box a little slow, but uh, they're, they're playing as well as anybody in the country right now. Well, as we mentioned uh, several times already this morning, Terrence Shannon will not uh, play today, so it's next man up. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know, Ty Rogers probably won't start, but he, he's going to play a lot. He's just playing terrific. You know, RJ just gives him a, 
Uh, sounds like he'll be starting. So this gives him an opportunity to, you know, step in and, and like you said, next man up. So, you know, um, the, the the thing about Shannon is, is Indiana plays a little bit of old school ball. They, they play a lot of half court. Don't they, they, they're a good three point shooting team, but they don't shoot a lot. They don't have a lot of attempts, um, but they look to get the ball inside. So, you know, Shannon is an athletic, physical guy. So, um, you know, he's this is the kind of game I think he could do real well in. So to have, not him have there, have him out there, you know, with his athleticism and all stuff. You know, it's a big void, but uh, you know, um, I think think this team is, uh, you know, we've got some wing players, and you know, it's a great great opportunity for some of the guys uh, to step up and, and fill the slot. Do you think back, uh, Doug, on any games like this where you had lost their key player or maybe the other team had lost their best player, let's say, ahead of a game, and and yet the the, the team turned around and played their best game without them? Do you remember any such games as that when you played? Um, I mean, we, we had, uh, uh, I think Ephraim got hurt my, uh, I think it was in my, my junior year. And, um, you know, Norman, I take that back, Norman, yeah, Norman came in and played great. You know, of course, he went on to be an NBA player. He stepped in with, you know, got the opportunity, and then that really propelled him, um, you know, later, you know, the next year. So, you know, you can get it. That's an example of, of a guy who stepped in there. Um, you know, so, I mean, that's up top of my, you know, head when I played. Um, so, I mean, they're, you know, in this situation, the thing about our team, you know, I was looking at them doing the shoot around yesterday. You know, we're 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 a pretty young team, um, and I, you know, I never really sort of like started to look at it, analyze it a little bit more. But you know, a lot of our our, our you know our guards are young. You know, Ty Rogers is young. Dane is is really a freshman. Um, you know, we got some older guys, um, but you know, a lot of those guys you know contribute a lot and. I think that's one of the reasons why we sort of struggle a little bit on the road and, and sometimes with our shooting, because especially the young guys, they hit the wall. Um, where we like, you know, we talk about it, you know, high school, um, you know, the season's not as long or there's not as many games as the prep and the travel. So, you know, that all catches up with some of these guys. But, uh, you know, this is a game, you know, today where, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, maybe I'm being a little optimistic, but uh, it, it's a game that if we play a certain style, play physical, uh, and do a few things right on defense, uh, which has been, you know, our, has to be our strength. You know, we we could maybe you know um, grind one out and, uh, and be able to get a W um, against this team. And even though they're playing really well, it, it's you know that game that we played at home was the end of a. Of, you know, I don't know how many games they played, like every two, three games. It was the end of a tough stretch, and uh, it looked like the guys didn't have much in their tank, um, you know, against Indiana. Um, you know, it just didn't seem like they had it. So, and that, that happens here a little bit because we play so many games with the TV and they're inconsistent. Whereas when I, you know, Lauren, when we, back in the old days, and Steve, you know, we play on a Thursday and Saturday or a Thursday on Sunday. Right. Um, so it was sort of a rotation. You sort of got into a rhythm. You got all that. that that's not the case here. So, uh, you know, the, the thing that's hurt us lately are, are these hot players. We have been able to slow them yeah, down. That's um, right. And that's really been, you know, our, our Achilles heel, I think, so far, you know, in, in our losses. Um, we, we just don't have a, 
a defensive stopper, you know, a Frazier, you know, Williams, um, you know, type guy who can step in and slow these guys down. And, and that's really sort of surprised me because I thought some of the older guys would be able to step up defensively and, and, and do a little better job. You know? Well, you're going to see a lot of Ty Rogers today, I got a hunch, and, and, and he's going to be key defensively, and, and maybe he can contribute offensively. I don't know. I mean, he hasn't shown the ability to shoot the ball. He made, he's, he made five layups the other night. But uh, I, I, I just think he's going to get a, a pretty good workout today, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I'm, that's why I said. I mean, he, he might not start, but uh, uh, he'll, he'll be in there quick. Um, they, they need his – you know his uh, his rebounding, his defense, um, uh, his, his ability to steal back. You know, to, we need to get some easy baskets um, somehow. We need to score off our defense. Uh, I, I I'd like to see us rebound the ball a little bit better and uh, and push it up the floor. Um, you know, play a little bit more aggressive um, once we do play. You know, that type of thing, and so. Uh, you know our offense when when we have to walk it up and and, and run a half court set, teams are, are really challenging us to to beat us from the perimeter and 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 you know we're just you know not shooting the ball terrifically behind the three point line um, and teams know that so they're like hey listen you know what if you're going to beat us uh, you're going to beat us from the perimeter so you know when we get the ball in the paint area or close in um, we've been very effective but behind that three-point line you know we, we've definitely struggled so um you know it's it's just one of those things where you know hawkins got knocked down a few you know hopefully Epps can can knock down a few and you know the good part is uh this won't be a three-point competition here against indiana they they like to, to play uh in the paint area as well um and they've started playing defense a lot better and i think that's one reason why they've turned their season around is they finally, you know, said, "Hey, listen, we got to play some D," uh, and and they've really, um, you know, have have uh, committed themselves to be better defensively. So this is, you know, this is going to be an area where tonight, where you got the crowd playing in Serena. Uh, some of these younger guys have, you know, it's probably one of the bigger crowds, more of the vocal crowds that they've played all year. Um, they're going to have to keep their poise and uh, and, um, and and stay aggressive. I worry sometimes about. Uh... The early games, 11 o'clock game central time, uh, you see so many games where teams don't appear to be quite ready uh, to play yet. And if uh, Illinois could get ready to play, and maybe Indiana is sleeping in, so to speak, you could get off to an early lead. And uh, you, you can't, uh, especially on the road, you can't fall behind big early and expect to be in the game. No, no, you don't. You got you got to be ready uh, right out of the And I think it's important that we don't turn the ball over, um, can control the tempo, uh, play play more methodical style, but yeah, these sometimes these early morning starts, uh, especially with our team, I've noticed over the years, even at home, um, you know, sometimes we're we're uh, we're a little slow getting out of the gate, um, and uh, you know we we can't afford that, um, and that's where you know leadership comes in, uh, guys talking, checking in, making sure you're ready to play, you know, taking care of yourself, getting to bed early. You know all that stuff, but uh, I, you know, the I, I think uh, my, my these guys will be ready to play. I, I feel like if they can get out of the box um, and, uh, and and set the tone and get going downhill, I, you know, put put Purdue a little. I mean, Purdue. I'm sorry, put Indiana a little bit. 
back on their heels. They're, they're a totally different team versus when they seek weakness or they see you guys are being indecisive. You know, they seem to be more of a front runner type team. So, um, you know, that's, that's why, you know, I think Hawkins has got to have a big game and some of the older guys have got to step up um, and, you know, and, and play, uh, you know, a nice clean game. They don't have to score, you know, a bunch of points, but they got to shoot quality shots, take care of the ball, play some good defense. I mean, someone's got to, you know, Dane's going to need help. Um, you know, uh, Jackson Davis is playing as well as anybody in the country right now. You know, they talked about in the scouting report, really take away that left hand. Don't let him go to his left. And they'll throw some doubles at him and try to throw, you know, mix it up a little bit so they're a little inconsistent. But, you know, as as Brad said last, last night, I mean, this guy has seen every double team, triple team. He's an older guy. So, you know, you just want to slow – great players, all you want to do is slow them down. Like Pickett was 15 for 19. You can't have that happen. Or like Perkins, you know, if they're going to get – you know, 30, you know, let them shoot 30 shots, but you know, you can't have them that efficient. It's just, it's a backbreaker for you, especially um, if you're trying to win on the road. That's Doug Oldenberger, everybody. He's on the road with Brian Barnhart and Ed Bond. They'll be bringing the ball game to you. We appreciate your time. Have a good broadcast, my friend. All right. Thanks guys. Go align and let's get a big W on, on the roads. Thanks. Good deal. Thank you. Okay. All right, guys. See you. Doug Altenberger over in Bloomington at 845. We'll take a break. Phone line is open if you want to jump in. 217-356-9397. If you're just tuning in, Terrence Shannon will not play today. He's in the concussion protocol. And we'll be back with more after this. Stay with us. Hey, Illini family. It's Illinois women's basketball coach Shauna Green. We'll see you tomorrow at the State Farm Center. And listen in right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Welcome back to the show, Illini Fellow Saturday Sports Talk. It is 8.48, Fighting Illini Game Day coming your way at 9 o'clock. Illinois basketball at 11 at Indiana. Phone line is open, 217-356-9397. Well, Steve, I'm going to give you some three-point uh, statistics that uh, maybe, uh, I don't know if it will surprise you, but I, I just went back through the last 10 games. 10 games, all big 10 games. And I find that, statistically, Hawkins is shooting 17% on threes. Melendez is shooting 12.5% on threes. Shannon, who won't play today, is shooting 26% on threes in these 10 games. Epps is shooting 18% on threes with one out of the last 20. And one guy, uh, Meyer, who uh, we're going to have to count on him today, is shooting over the what I consider the minimum, 35%. He's at 37.8. But, Steve, you can't win games if you can't make the three-point shot. If you're going to shoot 17% or 15% on the three-point shot, and they've got four key players that are shooting that, and I'm not including Harris or Rogers because they don't even shoot two a game. On any, I mean, Rogers only shot one all year. <laughs> but... And if it, we're in a ten, we're in a real live ten-game slump on shooting. They won some games in it without it, but nevertheless, sooner or later you got to make three pointers. And we've seen some some guys like Perkins, and we've seen uh, several others that have really gotten hot against Illinois. And in recent games, 
and you know you you, you were getting outshot. Pickens, Perkins, <laughs> Pickens, Pickens, uh, Perkins, Trace Jackson, Kobe Brown from Missouri. Yeah, back in the Bragging yeah, Rights yeah, game, had over yeah, thirty. Yeah, had a text here uh, wondering if Shannon's injury came in the game or during practice. We think it was in the game. We think it was during the game. That's what we were told. Yeah, Penn State game. Uh, Brad Underwood met with the media yesterday. Did not uh, talk about that. Maybe he didn't know for sure that he would be out at that time. But uh, they they make those determinations as they get closer to the game. But he will not play today. Hopefully, you know, there's another game Monday. <laughs> that Minnesota game is yeah. tucked back in the schedule. Let's go to the phones at 8.50. Marty is calling us from Pinehurst. Good morning, Marty. Morning, Steve. Morning, Lauren. Morning. I have known ahead of time Illinois baseball was in Winston-Salem. That's only about an hour away. Mm. Oh, well. Um, Still time to get there. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're blind and you don't drive, it's a little <laughs> difficult. But. It'd be a long walk. I'd have to walk pretty fast. Uh, don't think I got that in me anymore. Um, Lauren kind of stole my thunder. I was sitting there as I listened to these games and watched what little I can see. It's not only that it's not a really good three-point shooting team, it's it's shot selection of which three-pointers you take and at where they're at in the shot clock. Um, and maybe that's because you got some young players that haven't had a lot of experience. I don't know. But think about last year where we did nothing but shoot threes and we were pretty good at it mm-hmm. other than Kofi and threes and this year it's slim we, we've got to be at the bottom of the Big Ten in three-point shooting I would think well we're actually uh there are two teams worse than us for the season but Illinois is 308 out of 352 in the nation they're shooting 31.3 for the season now that's not the last in it's for the whole season 31.3 and that is way down, 308 out of 352. And in the Big Ten, I'm sure it's a lot lower. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, it is. As I pointed out, these last 10 games, it's incredibly how bad we are. I mean, it's just incredible. You've got, you got a guy like – I think Epps is a good shooter, and he's one out of his last 20. And, well, and talked you know, about the freshman wall. And, and, and uh, Hawkins is having a really tough time. I mean, he's just he's just not making shots. I mean, uh, in the last five games, he's 0 for 2, 0 for 3, 0 for 4, 1 for 5, and 2 for 6. So, well, you know, that Hawkins I'm is, just talking three-point shots only. Yeah, Hawkins is, a, as a former coach, I, I don't consider him a consistent offensive player, especially from long range. He's, a, he's never been, he, he has hot streaks occasionally, but, his game should be more suited to inside the the uh, lane area, off the dribble, passing the ball, cutting the back. It's he he needs a lot of work on the outside shot if he wants to play at the next level. In my mind, uh, Epps is just hitting the wall, is my guess. Uh, the kid that surprised me, who I thought was going to be a much better three point shooter, is Melendez because he looked pretty good at the end of last year shooting a three. Yeah, I know it, he, but he didn't shoot many. He had a real yeah. small, uh, you know, number of, of shots to go on, and, and and right now he's three out of his last twenty-four. Yeah, we we missed Goody. The Goody injury hurt him because he's a pretty consistent three-point shooter, and that was the one guy I thought would loosen defenses up. So well, everybody's a good three-point shooter who hasn't shot him yet. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so, you know, I mean, you're saying Goody's a good three-point shooter. I don't know that. Yeah, that's small sample I size, mean, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not saying I, he isn't, but I don't, I'm not saying he is either. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting because Melendez has thrown me completely off. And Epps, I yeah, think – the, the trouble with Epps, I think part of the problem with Epps is that he needs to be he, – he shoots it kind of low. And yeah. uh, when you when you got a guy guarding you, you have to bring it up a little higher. Maybe that throws him off a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think Goody has always been, even high school, a good three-point shooter. I, I think he will be. I, I, I watch the way he shoots the ball, his form. He's going to be a good three-point shooter. Um, he just – the injury hurt. It's not just the three-point shooting with him. you got a guy with wingspan, smart, who's physical. And you can always use those kind of – players well we're going to have a chance to use him today i'm sure of that hey marty i want to get another call in here i'm a little tight against the clock guys yeah appreciate the call let's go to bob in indiana hey bob morning guys i've I've been watching all year long and i maybe you can give me a better reason why but i think since underwood hadn't played the other seven footer lead i know you can say he's not ready but i think they'd have played him more earlier in the year when they could have that chances he could really help on a game like this. I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, they played him a little bit there in consecutive games, uh, the Minnesota game up there when they got guys in foul trouble he played. But he, you're right, he hasn't played much since then. But uh, I guess from your way of thinking, the, there's five fouls you could <laughs> get out of him. And yeah. uh, maybe uh, – I, 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 I didn't think he did anything wrong when he, when he did that. I mean, good thing he got off the floor pretty well and, and – He's got a little bit of touch. Well, you got those guys like that. You got to develop those guys as fast as you can because you may not have them very long. Well, he might just back up and leave. Right. Yeah. But well, a game he, like this, when they can use him on uh, uh, Davis, at least yeah, for just five fouls. Okay, Bob. We'll see what happens. Appreciate the call. Right. Hey, let's go to Steve in Princeton. Steve, I got about ninety seconds left. Well, I'm not in Princeton. I'm in uh, Westfield, Indiana, wearing orange, and everybody looks at me funny today. Got a new grandson over here. Well, congratulations. Did you see the other, did you see the other night where Roma, uh, that Pazinski kid got 38 points for Santa Clara? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he's the three-point shooter we could have used. Well, definitely could have used him. Um, now they're talking about him being a late first-round draft pick, perhaps. Yeah, he's, he's, he's moved into consideration. He'd been good all year. He he started out hot and had a good year. So maybe we let the best ones get away. Well, sometimes. Have a good day. Yeah, Yeah. thanks for the call. We appreciate that. 8.56 is the time. Fighting Illini game day coming up at the top of the hour. I'll be in for Scott Beatty, who is on the road with Illinois baseball. The uh, Illini beat Youngstown State yesterday 9-6. And uh, Terrence Shannon, by the way, did not make the trip to Indiana today, so he'll be watching from Champaign-Urbana as his team takes on the Indiana Hoosiers. Illinois baseball playing two more games today down in uh, Winston-Salem. A softball team in action as well, women's tennis, uh, men's tennis, a lot going on. The uh, state wrestling championship still going on at the Assembly Hall. We'll take a break and be back with Fighting Illini Game Day after this. The Pella Window Showroom in Champaign specializes in windows and doors. Illini Pella can help you select the right window and door for your project, whether it's for replacements, remodeling, or new construction. Right now, they ask that you plan further ahead to allow more time to get your windows and doors in stock 
Labor and material shortages are causing some extended lead times. The Lanai Fella 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Pella of Champagne.com.